0: What's going on, everybody? Episode 198 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. Bring you to the table while we talk about the outdoors. This week, we kick off the, I believe, the third annual, maybe the 4th i You'll have to let me know in the comments if Tom was here. Uh, Deer Camp Series. And this year, we're kicking it off. I mean, the bar is set high. We've got our buddy T.O., Tyler Opperman from WLD Productions in studio, Um, he lives in a part of Pennsylvania that allows you to start hunting like two weeks earlier than the rest of the the rest of the state. So he had a buck on camera all summer long, put his moves together. And in that first two weeks, he dropped a stud of a mainframe eight right here in Pennsylvania. And it's going to be tough to top it. Um, it wouldn't shock me if this is the best buck that we have on the deer camp series. Um, Obviously, we hope that bigger deer go down, but this is going to be a tough one to beat. And it's an awesome story. We hope you guys enjoy it. I'm going to quit rambling. Let's get tuned in to this week's episode. So I did the cardinal sin. I pull up my boat, and then I look dead at his antlers. I got out of the truck, and when I slammed the door, I heard gobbles
1: all around me. Let's see it. Alaska. Moose. Spot. What's going on everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another installment of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. I'm bringing us in tonight. I'm Tom. Frank is absent tonight. He had other things going on. But Nick's in the studio. As always. And as promised, we are starting the Deer Camp Series. And we've got a big butt killer in studio already. Yeah, so, and he set the
0: bar high for this year's Deer Camp Series.
1: So everybody say hello to Tyler.
0: Tyler Offerman here, guys. How's everyone doing out there?
1: And he's not a first time
0: podcaster. He's been on the show before, so if you've been listening. Yeah, I think that one we it was with his uh his uh video stuff with WLD productions.
1: And hunting suburban bucks.
0: Yes. Yep, and some public land stuff there.
1: Yeah. So, so he got it done early before most of the state even opened up. So
0: September twenty third. Yeah, so what um obviously I don't want you to get too like honed in on where you're at but like what uh wmu are you in that you can hunt like two weeks earlier than everybody else so we're down in 2b uh, i believe it comes in about two weeks earlier than the uh rest of the state i think
1: september 16th was your opening yep yep ours was september 29th it's or september 30th yeah that
0: stuff now huh? yeah it, it's it's kind of like uh, i was a little envious like seeing because like i know you killed a buck my buddy luke moyer killed a buck And it's like, what the hell, man? Like, I can't even get in the woods We're sitting up here twiddling our thumbs. Yeah. Ready Mm -hmm. to get in there.
1: And I know uh, Austin Enterline, he's a familiar face on the podcast. He uh, got a little ambitious. He went down and hunted some public land down there in 2B uh, that opening weekend. And he said that where he was at, the state land he went to was just absolutely loaded with guys. He said that he went down with a group of three people. The other two guys saw all the trucks and drove back that same morning. He mm. was the only one that ended up hunting and he said it was it definitely tough hunting. But were you hunting public land
0: or did you have access to private or this this one was on private land this time. So, I do want to back up just a little bit. So, leading into this year, you know, throughout the summer, I know you run cameras. Um, you've Played around with some different things in front of your cameras. I know you did your uh, your watering holes and stuff last year. So take us through a little bit of your prep into this year's season and like your kind of your goals, expectations, what you did to prepare for this early season. So we're, we're still running the watering hole cam. Um, there's a few mock scrape setups that I threw in this year. Threw some cams on them. Um, and I really like to just run as many cams as possible throughout the summer. Uh, not so worried about the ones that send it to your phone. I didn't even buy the plan for my spy points until this past month. Um, just trying to get the biggest inventory of deer out there. And then you can kind of narrow it down and hone in on the ones you want to go after from there. Um, but this particular buck, um, every year it seems that there's a good one in the area and I knew being, um, that it was my best spot or best chance at like a big buck in that two week time frame, while I could still catch them on their, uh, summer pattern before they started to break up and go on their own ways and I don't know, run out into the neighborhoods and get a little more harder to kill. Yeah. Um, so with uh, like how roughly how big is this property and how many cameras do you run? Like I know you said you like to run as many as possible. So like what's the ratio there? So the the little patch of woods that I'm in, um, there's a bunch of different landowners around me, but I'd say it's about, I don't know, maybe a hundred acres tops of woods. And then I we're probably in maybe a, I don't know, 20 acre patch of that. And okay. I ran, I ran uh, three, trail cams across the hillside um different elevations on like where i thought they'd be coming through like it's like different ledges okay and so i ran one on each of the ledges assuming that they aren't going to travel like the side hill they why would they not just want to walk on their deer trail in the flat yeah and basically i was able to monitor anything that was coming into or out of this one patch of woods because on the other side it was all houses in a field so i had a feeling that they weren't going to be coming that way so If a big buck were to come into my little neck of the woods, I'd know that he was in there and I'd be able to get him, whether he was leaving or coming to. Gotcha. So how early or late into the summer did you see this buck and then be like, okay, that's, you know, this is what we're after. So our first trail cam picture was July 20th, I want to say. Okay. So still in velvet. Yep. And we kind of, we had sporadic trail cam pictures until uh, September there. And then he actually disappeared on September 1st and I figured it was going to be the story of every other buck that I've ever had on trail cam in the summer. Um, but I kept running my cameras. I had all the other bucks that were traveling in his little uh, group of three bachelor group that he would hang out in. And I actually, opening day, I had an opportunity um, at his one of his running mates. Um, and there was also another one of the bucks that was traveling in the bachelor group with that buck as well. Um, but with him being around, I i wanted i wanted to big one yeah especially you know first two weeks of the season and stuff you can be a little bit more picky and right. wait it out um so going into the season like you said you he disappeared on september 1st did you get any pictures of him leading up to opening day so i had not had a picture of him um from september 1st until the day that i killed him okay so let's run through the day that you killed him okay uh what was what was going through your mind what was your plan you know, break us, break it down. What were you going after that day? So opening day, I was all in, Uh, I hunted morning, evening, same stand. And um, like I said, I saw those other two bucks and I think I saw like 10 bucks that day. It was crazy. Just a bunch of little like eight eight points, four points. Just in the right spot. Just nothing. Yeah, definitely. There's a reason why the big one's hanging out there. So it was his little, like there was definitely a safe zone where all the deer felt comfortable Mm -hmm. and that's why he was in there. So first week goes by, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. So my thought process is these deer are living in a suburban area where they're used to people, and they like the scent of a human's not gonna throw them out of the area too much. So I was just gonna hunt it, figuring that he was gonna get shot by someone else if I didn't kill him. So you just got aggressive right off the bat and just said, "You know what? Screw it. I'm after this thing." When you're hunting those areas
1: that are so close to the suburbs, do you like up here? Wind direction is so important. But do you factor in wind direction when choosing which stand to go to? Or do you just assume that they're constantly going to be s- smelling human scent so you don't pay as much mind to it?
0: So, so that's a good point, Tom. Um, so there's actually two stands there. The one's up on top of the hill and the one's down in the bottom. So in the morning, I like the bottom stand because it seems like it's more bedding. Um, and then up top, there's a field. So they like to come up to that top and kind of, I don't know, maybe they'll spar a little bit. Um, before going out to the fields and it's like a little bit of like a staging area um, But in terms of wind direction um, that stand I did like a north wind because it would be blowing my scent up the hill from the bedding area So if I was down in the bedding area um, The scent would not be going further into the deer gotcha So you said you didn't see him opening day. It was just a bunch of different bucks. So let's get into the day you went out that you did see him like how did that hunt go like what were you were you expecting to see him that day or like what was your plan um i had a weird hunch because the weather had changed it was a it wasn't necessarily a cold front but it was it didn't get hot Mm -hmm. so uh, i thought so it was like a 50 degree high and a 50 degree low like no temp change yeah and the wind was all goofy and it was like a northeast like it was just a weird day it was misting very wet in the woods so it was like quiet i knew i could sneak mm-hmm. in there um so yeah i basically i was at my girlfriend's house and drove to the spot an hour later i'm in the stand and um i'd forgot my boots actually so i'm wearing hey dudes i'm putting my safety harness on and as i go to throw my rope around the tree it's a big tree so i had to like reach around it mm-hmm. and my head was like cocked off to the left a little bit and i just i was looking right at him the way like when i went to throw it so you're you're like at stand height and he's i'm in this i'm at the top of the stand and you're just getting ready to put your safety strap okay arms around the tree safety like trying to reach around the tree for it where's your bow at this point on the hanger with oh it's 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 already first thing i did was throw an arrow in it before i even okay okay good because i had a like i've just had that happen too many times where there's a deer that just pops up i I, I swear i
1: always the, the it's probably the wrong way to go about it but my bow is the last thing I get set up.
0: You see, like, I'm, I'm opposite. I'm, I'm with you. I First thing I do, get that thing in the tree I, with an arrow. i on the
1: ground, I hook my bow up to the bow rope. I climb up the tree. I get everything situated, and
0: then I pull my bow up. That's going to bite you in the ass someday. I think after this story, you're going to want to change it. I might. I, I think <laughs> I will. So, so I, I do want to say a lot of big deer have died right after I – or when, the same day somebody tells me that, like, something stupid. Like you forgot your boots and you're wearing hay dudes. My dad shot his best buck after um, he grabbed a bottle of water, kind of like you did before the podcast, thought it was just regular water, got up into his stand, realized he didn't have his hat. And that's like, you know, it's like not wearing pants for him. Like you're out hunting, you got to have your hat on. And he goes to open this water and it was a sparkling raspberry water and it just exploded in his lap, covered him in raspberry juice. And he was like, this is just dumb. Like, why am I even out here? And he shot his biggest buck. So it was just kind of cool that, like, you had that, like, oh, shit kind of thing, screwed it up a little bit, but still got in. It just made it all that more of, like, a hunch because I was like, that's why I'm going to get Can't one. Can't get any worse. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you're, you've are you got your arms around this tree, uh huh. getting strapped in. And I'm on look, my knees on the platform because there's a stump that sticks out of this tree, so I had to get up above it. So I'm, okay. like, reaching up. Like, I'm up here. So yeah. you're, like, you're up, your knees are up on the seat yep obviously not even close to like a shooting position and you see that buck how far is he 10 yards holy is shit. he did you sneak up on him in his bed or was he on his feet so he's 10 yards from the path so from me and he's standing where i cut into. to like so i walked down this like like gas line mm-hmm. and then i cut into my stand so was he looking at you at this point no he has he's just kind of sniffing around has no clue but he's facing directly like i can't shoot him where he's at he's just directly coming at me okay 10 yards so what do you do at this point
1: what's going through your mind like
0: oh shit like, so it was definitely an oh shit moment um to start but something came over me and i think it was because of how fast it all happened and the fact that like the didn't hey have dudes, time to panic I, it was just almost like it was like it didn't feel real so i kind of just went into this different zone in my mind and i was like I can't mess this up and I just went everything kinda went into slow motion and I slowly like lowered the safety harness back around the tree so I never actually had my safety harness on and I I might get some like flank for that, but it is what I mean you're you're just telling it honestly the way yeah. it happened. You know, I mean there's I'm no in sense the, in churching it up. I'm in the stand a minute, like two minutes tops. It, I mean anybody was... that's serious about hunting, if they ran into that situation, I have a feeling most of them are right. going to grab their bow. And do what you did. Yeah, but you know how the internet guys. Yeah, are like, yeah. Screw so, the internet. <laughs> yeah. All right. So internet guys aside, I'm sorry, guys. But, um, yeah, take the safety harness and that metal. It has a metal um like clasp on it. Yeah. That big one. Yep. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. And I just set that on that metal platform ever so softly, so that it didn't make any noise at all. And once I got past that point, it was reach across over my head, never got off my knees. Like, I'm still, like, le- I'm leaning on the tree with so my So, you're still shoulder. up on the seat. Yeah, kind of leaning on the tree with my right shoulder, and my bow is off my right, so I reach, like, up over, my, across so my body. weak side. Yep. While well, i watch. Never took my eyes off him, and I think that was a key because if he was looking at, like, I didn't want to look away because if he was starting yeah. to look at me, then he could get away. Yeah. So, I wanted to make sure he was never looking, and the whole time, I just slowly reach across my right side, pull the bow over top of my head, and got it in position i don't know how the arrow didn't make any noise like it was just one of those it just worked it It all worked out and he so he's still standing there just smelling around and like something about a buck like like that like that size and like with that many like years under his belt that he'd like just they always knew got him well i got him but i'm saying just the way he was coming through the woods, he was just on his toes, like looking around, smelling. There's like, nothing they do by chance. They ev- are, every step is Every calculated. step that he took, he went backwards at one point. He took a couple steps, like straight backwards because he didn't like something, and then he changed his mind. He's like, all right, maybe I'm going to take a couple more. And when he took that couple more, he kind of was looking, like, down at the ground, so I pulled back, and he's still, like, facing me, and he took a left down the, the gas line, and as soon as he took the left at 10 yards, I mean – bang like Good it night. went through him before so he takes about 30 yards of big bounds stops looks back over his shoulder and i just from habit i already had another arrow in as soon as he stopped i was already at full draw and let him have it again so i put another one in him and, I, I see i think that is something that's underrated and i i'm the same way if i can get another arrow in you it's happening yep if like, it's a 60 70 yards i think you still do it if yeah you if, if you can yeah. like I just, if you've put one arrow in them, you can't make it any worse by yeah. trying to get a follow-up. Exactly. If it's possible. I mean, I've, I've had one deer that I've been able to shoot a second and then third time. Um, and I hit all three times. Yep. Um, it's just, I mean, you people are like, oh, you know, arrows are so expensive and stuff. But like, to me, I ain't worried it's, about it's that. worth it. No. Like, get right. that deer on the ground. I don't want to, because here's the thing. If you shoot it once and you think it, it's a, you know, 12 ring, it's gone and you could have made another shot. And you don't find it. You don't find think it. About you're that. going to kick yourself yep. forever. Yep.
1: Especially hunting suburban areas where the property you're hunting is so small that that buck could run 60, 70 yards into a neighborhood, into a or into somebody else hunting, and they wing an arrow and say, "Oh no, that's my deer."
0: Tot- totally has happened too. Yeah,
1: it's happened to me. Yeah. So any any, any time with a rifle bow, if you can get a
0: follow up shot. Yeah, take Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, you hit him the first time, hit him the second time. Then what's what's he do after that second shot? Takes off just like how I hit Deerwood, kicks up, takes off down over the hill, and I never see him come up the other side. So, so you you lose sight of him, but in your mind he should have you know kept going up the other side. What's what's so going? You have a pretty good idea. He's dead down in the bottom. I the second shot was money. I okay. tucked, he was quartering away hard and I tucked it right, right in front of his hip and it went like whole way through him into the opposite shoulder. Like it, every, so it like got I saw everything. It. Yeah. You took the yeah, second one, was liver diaphragm. He wasn't coming out arm. of that. Yeah. So you're obviously, you're probably pretty confident at that point. So yes. what's going through your mind? Like now that like you, you really haven't even had a, probably a chance to process this deer coming in. You haven't right. even set up your stuff. Um, like what's going through your head after you watch that deer disappear over the hill? So it was like a moment of just like everything was like still for like maybe five seconds of like the like just thinking it through, like adrenaline, well, like kind of. It's like it's like that adrenaline like, dump that hits right after the shot. Like I'm like that was that was the buck we had trail cam pictures of. That was the big one, and I just shot the big one, and I think I shot him twice, and he should be dead right there. Like it's, it's like this is over, like mm-hmm. end of story, and that's whenever I started, I was just like. Like who do I call? Like, yeah. I need to call my dad. I need to call like like the guy's property that we're on, and yeah. So yeah, I was actually with Luke when it happened, and Luke set, showed me a picture. He got on Snapchat. He's like, "Yo, he's like, Tio just put an arrow through one," and he showed me a picture of just blood all the way up the arrow. I'm like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." It's a good sign, <laughs> especially at uh, five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, in the early season, and I think like I keep saying that the fact that I got him before he changed his pattern. Yeah. That's key. Yep. So who, who did you call? Like, did you call anybody after the shot? So I actually, first person, uh, was my girlfriend actually. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. She's like, I know you're going to get the big one. And I was like, Hey babe, like I got the big one and she's perfect. And so then I like, I'm all excited. And then I called my dad and then, uh, our, our one buddy. So did you wait for anybody? Like what did you do? It's like, you really haven't even hard, hardly set up in the trees. So like, what what do you do? Like, do you obviously your hunt's over? But like, do you pack up and go look for this thing, or do you wait for the crew, or what what's what do you do? So that's I when I was waiting. That's whenever it hit me that my season was pretty much over. I'm sure I'll go doe hunting in the late season and everything, but it was just kind of like like the whole moment of wow, like now what am I gonna do? But yeah, like I, n- I, but never I been also, here before. <laughs> but I also have this like big buck laying on the ground like maybe sixty yards away from me and. I, I should be happy. And it's because just this mixed emotions. It's, if your season's going to be over early, that's probably the right. best case scenario. <laughs> yeah. You definitely don't want ground shrinkage on a buck that you shoot in the early season. No, no. no. And it, it can happen to anybody. <laughs> I've had some serious ground shrinkage in my day. Yeah. <laughs> I've been known
1: to get a little amped up.
0: So so you waited for people before you went and looked at, like, did you get a first look without anybody or? I might've went down and peeked. Just over the hill, like make sure he's, yeah, he make was, sure it's, he was there. Nice. So you just had, you had to make sure that the track was going to be quick. I went to where I shot him the second time, found my arrow and just kind of left everything lay so that the people that were coming wouldn't be like, Oh, you already found him." And I let them, but I actually, I was uh, videotaping the whole thing behind them. And I was, they're like, Oh, I got some blood. And I'm like, Oh, really? Oh, there's blood. And they're like, still not looking. I'm like, guys, he, he went like 30 yards. He's right there. Nice. And then it's just a whole pile of emotion. Everyone's happy. And so any ground shrinkage on him? No. Everything you thought he was. A little ground growth, huh? He definitely got bigger.
1: That yeah. doesn't happen often.
0: No. It's a good, good thing when it does happen. I'll tell you that for free. I think knowing the deer, like, I know that sounds bad, but like, that's no, how I know I it is nowadays. But like with trail cameras, if you're not running trail cameras, you're out, like you're behind the game. So you kind of have to. I'm sure there's guys it's, out there that I I know sit. several people that don't run any cameras and it's and the only reason is basically they just like that element of surprise and not yep. knowing, but I I'm kind of goal oriented like I like to have a buck that is you know on my radar exactly like I I need that reason to get out there like hey you know there's something big out there there's something worth chasing
1: well that's my biggest point with the trail cameras if you don't have trail cameras out and you don't know what's out on your farm or the property that you're hunting, you might shoot the first 15, 16-inch wide eight-point that comes across because you're like, that's a nice buck. I'm happy with it. But if you have trail cam pictures of a 135, 140-inch buck, you're going to be a lot more inclined to pass up the 105-inch because you know
0: what you have. What's exactly what you did opening day. Exactly. So I know you're big into filming and – it sounds like there's no way you had your camera set up i did not film at all this year unfortunately <laughs> two but hunts were like that's didn't why have i time to film yeah <laughs> no it's because yeah, i know you and i have talked a little bit about filming and stuff and it, it it does make it a little bit more challenging but i think you're on the same page i am where like i would much rather kill deer than film deer um the filming to me is it's important but it's secondary yep and Sounds like you weren't worried about getting a camera set up to make sure you got a yeah. shot. No, the way it was was the buck was big enough that I won't, like it didn't matter if I had it on film or not. Gotcha.
1: You can tell the story over and over again. You don't need to yeah. the yeah footage. Yeah, well, and it's cool though that
0: you still yeah. got the videos of like people tracking it, even though you knew the outcome. But, yeah, like it's still it's cool. Yeah, it was Something good to, to see like... the reaction. Yeah, look back on it for mm-hmm. sure. So you got them green scored, right? I so that's why it's a green. It, we scored them, but it's a rough score because I did it myself with my dad there and you know how that goes. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, like, cause yeah, technically score all of ours. Yeah. None of us are professional scorers. We just, I mean, we have the tapes and stuff to do it. Okay. Um, but there's like a greens, technically, you know, like official scores after 60 days of drying. Um, what do they lose? Like maybe an inch. It it depends. It It depends. Um, you know, it, it's obviously the bigger they are, the more they lose. But. I think it's more on their like spread from their yeah, skull plate. Yeah. Shrinking. yeah. It'll shrink there. Um, they lose a little bit of mass. Yeah. But. but I mean, it's negligible. Okay. But, uh, I mean, I've never been like, I'm not putting a tape to that till 60. Like I, yeah. it's hanging in the garage. It's getting a tape to it. Oh yeah. Um,
1: that's so, how big it was when you shot it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the whole like scoring thing, like looking at like, I don't necessarily chase a score, but I chase a big buck. So Something, that's, that, something that trips right, your trigger. Right, yeah. yeah, exactly. And that was going into the season, I said, like, it didn't matter. Like, the way I was going to know if I wanted to shoot the deer was if I got excited when I saw him in the woods. That's so the to, best
1: way to do it. If you have to think, yeah,
0: is that a shooter,
1: it's probably not a shooter.
0: If but a when buck you gets see that shaken, buck and you right. like
1: right away, that's the one I want to kill. Yep. That's how you know.
0: Draw back and take it. Yeah. So he scored 135 and a quarter. As an eight. As a nine. Oh as but a nine. The nine, I wanna say the ninth point was about two and three quarters of an inch. But I mean you're so talking frame eight. Yeah, mainframe eight, 17 inch spread, but so had, at seventeen inch spread, you've got mass and you've got some time length on that. The the time length is killer. I had four tines over nine inches. Damn. So they that's that's a quick. hell of a PA buck. Yeah. I mean that's so, a good that's a good buck anyway, right? For a mainframe eight to like I mean that buck will net Pope and Young.
1: Yeah, uh, there, it's sure. it's
0: not gonna lose ten no. inches on that. Um, no. For yeah, so like a PA buck, mainframe eight to net Pope and Young is that's a hell of a deer. Whether you're anywhere in the country, but like especially Pennsylvania with the way most people's mentality is up here. For sure. Yep.
1: I'm assuming he's at the taxidermist
0: now. Just dropped him off the other day. Perfect. What, what kind of mountain are you going with? Him? Euro. No. I'm uh, just <laughs> yeah. And I got enough Just of those. Just cut this call plate off. Yeah, give that. me a little green velvet and call it a day. I had a couple of people that were like, oh, are you sure with how expensive the taxidermy is now? And I was like, I, it ain't getting any cheaper I've been waiting man. since I was like 12 to get one on the wall. And this that's, is, this is the, it's been 11 years. That's last year was the first one I ever put on the wall. Cause the same thing. I've been, and I, I got the same questions. Cause you know, like it's, I think I paid over $600 for yep. my mount. Yep. And it's like everybody's like oh man they're so expensive like are you really sure about I'm like I've been hunting since I was 10. I've been hunting with a bow in my hand since I was 12. I was 25 when I shot that deer like I'd been hunting for 15 years and had not put a deer on the wall like I was born I was ready for that like that it could have been $1,500 and I would have paid it that was that was a big wide eight right yeah 19 Um,
1: and what seven eighths inches wide
0: if you're going with 16 it was 15, but seven-eighths.
1: Almost is, in the 20-inch club. Yeah. Not,
0: not quite. But, it, I mean, it didn't have the mass or the tine length your buck did. Uh, you, you've got, I bet you, a, a good probably 10, 12 inches on mine. Right. right. Um, like, mine was right around that 120 mark. 120? Yeah. I mean, and that's, that, like, that's a heck of a buck in PA. Oh, I mean, I, I couldn't Especially let him go. A bow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to let him walk. Most hey. people don't even know what that looks like coming through the woods. No, it's I mean, it's, I remember deer. when I shot it, I, all I, I called my grandpa cause I was hunting his farm and I said, I shot a buck. I'm pretty sure he's my best deer. I can't tell you how big he is, but I know he's wide as hell. That's all like, all's I saw coming through. I saw a cage, everything was wide. coming up and he was out past his ass. I'm like, it's, it's a good deer. And that's all I cared about. And like I said, I, it didn't, I didn't have to think for a second. Like I saw the antlers And just instincts took over. Like that's a shooter. My bow's in my hand, and that was it. That's that's also how the genetic is up this way, though. Is that wide, short-tined, and yeah, it definitely hurts them. But yeah, I mean, you got to work with what you got. I mean, if that's that was one of the better deer we had on the property. So, like, I mean, I bet you top five. How old would you say that deer is? Three and a half? I'm guessing three and a half. Okay, Um, it just
1: which in Pennsylvania, if you're passing up three and a half year olds, you're freaking crazy.
0: Yeah, yours is all day that three and a half three and a half could be and even and four tops. and a half with that mass right um yeah I it wouldn't shock me to see that deer come back I don't know if you're a taxidermist or or not um you having I them I think he will yeah yeah I, mean, I my guess is he's either three and a half or four and a half okay there's there's no way that a two-year-old gets that kind of mass and that's um I I think because Frankie killed a two-year-old that was 140 inches as a 10 or just over 140 as a 10 but one thing that a buck—I don't care any buck I've ever seen—a two and a half year old deer never has mass. It, it for whatever reason, mass comes with age. Yep. And a deer with that kind of mass, there's just it, to me is at least three and a half.
1: Definitely a mature buck. Yeah. What kind of form are you getting him on?
0: Uh, I believe it's like a semi-sneak. So he's not—he's not fully standing up, but he's not like low. So did you try to? like capture your the memory of this deer in the mount is that kind of what you're going for or? i that's a, the original would have been a sneak okay um, but just looking at other mounts i wanted his head up a little bit so people could see him a little bit more gotcha um just out of preference but i would yeah i think it'll come back looking pretty realistic to what he was doing in the woods there that's that was one thing that was important to me when i because like i got my buck with the ears uh back because that was the way he came in i snort wheezed at him and he came in pissed off and i was like i just want that capture I would have I would have done the same thing yeah so that's... I just I think it's cool to when you look at the buck it's like kind of like what you saw in the woods that's exactly kind of what I was going for and it sounds like that you're pretty much same deal give him as give close them, as I can yeah and it doesn't from the pictures I saw that buck doesn't have a bad angle so he's going to look <sighs> good <laughs> on any angle so he has the side with the five but then the other side he has a time is 10 inches so it's depending on what you want to show off Yeah, you just switch them every six months to the left or the right side (laughs) of the house. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Trying to think, I mean, so I know we talked a little bit before the podcast, you know, you said you might do a little bit of doe hunting, but I don't know, I mean, me personally, if I'm done in September, I got October, November, December. I'm
1: hunting the rut.
0: Well, I'm I'm finding a way to hunt the rut. Yeah, so are you planning to go out of state this year or what? So I'm about 45 minutes from West Virginia or, if I want to do the hour and a half, I'll be in Ohio. So, down there in southwestern PA, I have two options. It's just I'm in the middle of making that decision right now, I guess. I can. It's not a bad problem if to if have. If you ask, have an
1: inn with 115 acres in New York. It's <laughs> in New the York. opposite
0: way. But I'm just I was saying, say, if you
1: ever find yourself up in the neck of the woods,
0: um, if, uh, if you ask nicely, I got some spots and stuff to maybe give you a starting point over in southeast Ohio. Okay. Um, Frank and I've hunted over there a couple times and okay. we've had, some, I mean, we, I've, I have have not seen any like monsters or anything, but there's been plenty of sign and we've always gone for the late bow season. So it's like been pretty hunted, like right. hunted pretty heavily. Um, but there's some spots out there with some like public, uh, land that's got co- corn and stuff on it that they leave up all year. Um, so yeah, if you end up going to Ohio, let me know. Yeah. It's either going to be that or really chase some bears. So. Yeah. That'd be cool. Did you get a bird this year? A bear tag or a bird, bird, turkey, gobbler. In the spring, no. I uh, well, I guess technically you'd have to get a bird next spring, next spring. for the for yeah, the Grand Slam or right, right, the PA right. Slam. Yep. So I guess now, yeah, get the bear. I so think it's the bear.
1: Let me ask you this. If you do, so you got all season, you already got your buck, you got all season to focus on a bear. Let's say you kill a bear. How particular are you going to be with a gobbler to get that PA Grand Slam? Are you sure in the first freaking Jake that comes in front of you?
0: I, I would not shoot a Jake just because... Not I, even to get a
1: PA Grand Slam? I,
0: I know I can shoot a Gobbler. Yeah. Look at this
1: guy. Confidence out the laws. I,
0: I would have it. I I kill birds every It year. may be a grind, but I'll get it done. But I've never seen you pass up a Jake before. I don't have to. I just call longbeards in. <laughs> or a Jake, whichever comes yeah. in first. But Most uh, of the time
1: it is a longbeard, but...
0: Yeah, I get lucky with that. But um, So you chasing bears with the bow or rifle or both or like... Whatever it takes. Whatever Whatever yeah. it takes. So do you do you get many bear on camera where you hunt or are you gonna have to travel a little bit? So I'm out where I actually live right now, I'm out towards like the middle of the state a little bit more. Okay. So like Altoona area. Bear country. Yeah, you yeah. got plenty of bear. So I might have a little like day trip out there and every once in a while I'll throw some spy points out. Uh, maybe if I can find some like good oak flats somewhere where they're feeding and maybe find some bear scallops. Bushes scat. and stuff. Yeah. But do you want sea. really thick bushes swamps like laurel yeah. yeah they love laurel
1: i don't know much about bear also our headquarters holds bear for whatever reason i don't know what it is about that farm but we have multiple bear every year austin, i don't know nothing about bear last yeah year. last
0: year austin killed a pretty good bear up there and we've got one that's been on camera that dwarfs that i mean it's twice that size easy they have some of the biggest bears around in pennsylvania oh yeah yeah I mean, pa has got yeah giant bear it's just because our winters don't get cold enough to where they don't hibernate here. So they just, they keep eating, they keep growing. Um, but yeah, I guess if I, if I was done that early, I would probably same boat. As much as I want to keep buck hunting, but like if a, if a bear's on your bucket list, I would be. How, how cool would that be? A Pennsylvania bear with your bow actually yeah. targeting them. Yeah. That, that would be, be impressive. Maybe getting on film this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. In case, Yeah. I mean, you never know. It's, it can happen like that. It's just crazy how you can get, like you're not even set up, and the bucks stand right in front of you. I know I'll be filming out of state if I when I do that. Gotcha. Yeah. Lots of fishing. I'm actually uh, heading up to the San. Were you over fishing this today? I was. I was messing around down at Walnut Creek. They're all uh, piled up at the mouth there. Any action? There's about 500 fish. I hooked up once of so a big one, um, but he broke me off. And that, then...
1: that's the thing. Like right now, when they're all right at the mouth, you got. They're so lively too. Well, they're lively because they can run out to the
0: lake, but you got freaking
1: 100 guys down
0: there. Yeah, I'm sure you weren't the only one down there tonight. The lightning definitely scared them away. Oh, was there lightning tonight? Yeah, it was a calculated risk. Okay. <laughs> I was counting. You got to get that fish. Yeah. <laughs> we were, at one point, we were like two miles away from the lightning. So, Oh, that's... No, I that's figured way, yeah, I was there. waiting for it to get to one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it Let might get have out just there. went right over our head. So, Nice. Hey, anything you got to do to catch a steelhead? So... Before we shut this down, do you have any tips to like, you know, maybe inspire some people or something like something different you did this year that you think helps, you know, that that got you on this deer so fast and ended your season so quickly? Like, Do you have anything to throw out there you think that helped with the success?
1: Anything yeah. for the new hunters. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd say if you're getting a picture of a deer on truck cam, I know I was discouraged because I've had it happen in the past. Assuming that that deer was gone, like the way I even talked about it, I was like, I was telling my dad, I was like, we're like, what deer are we going to go after now on this property? Cause like the, the big one's gone. Like there's really no other big ones there. And it was about a month with all those choke cams. You'd think he would have walked by and maybe he left the area for a little bit. Who knows? Um, but just don't get discouraged if you're not seeing your buck. Cause he's going to come back through eventually. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, um, like we've been hunting food plots that we have cameras on. And you'll see deer out in that field that never walk over that camera like it, it's not out of the question to say that that deer was walking behind your camera when it was cr- crossing through there for the you know that last two weeks you know it's it, it could be that case you know, you never know like a camera that only gives you a little bit of the picture out there but like you said i guess don't totally give up on it no, if you're not seeing right. him on camera yeah he he might have his trail and you might not have your camera on it he might have just got lost the one time you had a picture of him on your camera so yeah.
1: And that gives me a little bit more courage going out into the woods because we've had a buck all summer out at the farm we hunt he's a mainframe eight but he's got double split g2s and we had him all summer long and as soon as like september 9th september 11th 12th 13th right when you expect him to lose their velvet start going hard horned this buck disappeared and that was the buck all summer long i was like that's the one I want that's the one I'm gonna go after yeah we were
0: both kind of like yeah that's that's the buck on this property I, I think he's coming back it's just a matter of when and if you're there I think Monday with this rain all weekend I think Monday's gonna be a deadly time to be in the woods yeah I'd say if I had one tip to give like just one sole tip for someone that knew nothing about hunting anytime where you see the temperature go from 70 to 50 50 to 30 any of those big temperature drops, They're gonna come with a north wind and that north wind's gonna get the bucks on their feet and it's gonna make their hair stand up on their back and they're gonna be out running around. Uh, Those are big travel days for them and that's whenever you wanna be in the woods, so.
1: Well, that was a couple years ago. This was the first time that I had ever targeted a buck over summer and figured out his pattern and decided this is the buck I'm gonna kill. And it didn't work out exactly like I planned but I had him come to this food plot religiously and he was always coming, you know an hour after dark and I waited until we got that first 15 degree temp drop and I went in, had the right wind for him, went in, sure enough, that buck came in 20 minutes before dark and I fucked up, just gonna leave it at that, but had the opportunity, screwed it up but, he was there, should have killed him,
0: and is what it is. It is, but what what do you think your percentage is on those days when you get that twenty degree temp, like that big cold front with the north wind that you've been waiting on with that with that buck you've been watching? I think
1: the the first cold front in October
0: is going to be is key. just as good as peak rut. I, I think agree. Um, it puts them on their toes, like back into the so summer I, I patterns think, one more time. I, th- I think Monday is going to be the day. Uh, I think that my prediction is you're going to see uh, influx of people. If they, well, the problem is is being a Monday. There's a lot of guys that won't go. Um, but I, I, I'm a big believer in that time in the woods kills deer, and I, I think if I have an hour and a half to go after work, I'm going to be there because you can't kill them if you don't go. And if, that, if everything works out, you know, if it's going to rain all weekend and then Monday's that first day where there's no rain and it's still cold, I think that's going to be just absolutely killer. I, I think that first cold
1: front in October, because usually you get that first cold front usually within the first week or two of October. And like you said, I think it jumpstarts them, gets them on their feet early, and gets them back on the summer pattern that you – watched him all summer long. So if you watch this buck all August, all September come into this food plot, eating and right before the season starts, you know, he disappears. I think, you know, you wait that first cold front in October. There is a very, very high chance that he's going to be back on that regular routine within shooting hours. Yeah. And I, I, I think if you have a buck patterned, that is your best shot at killing a mature buck
0: other than, you know, peak rut. Yeah, I would agree. Totally agree with that. Well, Tyler, I want to thank you for making the trip out here to do the podcast, and congratulations on the first uh, episode of the Deer Camp Series this year. Um, it's going to be a tough one to beat because, I mean, typically like the first episode or two is like does just trying to get them out of the way, and now we're starting off with, a you know, net Pope and Young. We're shooting big bucks this year, guys. I, I hope That's so. That's a game
1: plan. I said it in a podcast earlier this year. My goal is three bucks this year. Three bucks over 115. That's so, a steep two
0: in two in New York, one in PA. Two in
1: New York, one in PA. All right.
0: All right. I wish you the best of luck with that.
1: <laughs> I'm going to need a little bit of luck.
0: All right. Well, thanks again. Um, we appreciate everybody listening every week. Um, hunting season's open for, I think, everybody, so make sure you guys are all still getting outside. Thanks, guys.